Um, and I, and I, I, I want to start by saying the story that we're going to look at today is one of my favorite stories from Scripture. Um, it is the story of Eli and Samuel. And it's a story that um, in college I heard a message about it, and it just kind of stuck in my mind, always has to this day. Um, but first, I, I want to start by talking a little bit about Star Wars. We, we were having a debate in the office this week um, talking about how, what percentage of our people have actually seen the Star Wars movies. So let's just do this real quick. If you've ever seen a Star Wars movie, raise your hand. Okay, all right, the, all right. I thought this might happen. The percentage is much higher in this service than it was in the first service. Um, so, so today's story, the, the mentor relationship we're looking at, I, I wanna, there's, there's one of the movies, I don't know which one, I'm, I, I don't know all about Star Wars, but in one of the movies, I do remember this part, and so we have Yoda, who is like the Jedi master, the little green guy that says funny things and talks backwards sometimes. We have Yoda, who's like the great Jedi trainer, right? And then we have Luke Skywalker, who is like the big hero of most of the Star Wars movies. And there is this moment um, in Star Wars where Luke goes to a place called Dagobah and goes to train with Yoda. How many of you could have told me it was called Dagobah? I couldn't have. I looked it up um, uh, this week because I had no clue where it was. But, but he goes to this swampy place and, and Luke knows that, the, that, that he's a part of the force. He knows that he's been, a, you know, kind of called into this battle between good and evil, but, but he needs to be trained on how to use the force. And so he goes to Dagobah and there he finds Yoda and Yoda teaches him all sorts of crazy things. I mean, it's like he has him doing handstands and trying to move things with his mind. And it's just this, this kind of really weird moment, but, but they're there together training. And so the story today, Eli and Samuel, it is kind of a similar place where Samuel is living under Eli's leadership. And, and so just for the start, we've talked about mentoring now for two weeks. This is our third week. And so, so far we haven't gotten into the nitty-gritty of it, but today is very simple, nitty-gritty mentorship stuff. I mean, if you have ever thought that you could not mentor someone, the, the steps that we are talking about today are things that any one of us could do. And so, so I just want to start by saying, first and foremost, that the most important thing any of us can do as mentors is to point people to Jesus. The most important thing you can do as a mentor is not to have all of the tricks and gadgets, not to have all of the wisdom in the world. The most important thing you can do as a follower of Christ or a leader in God's kingdom to mentor somebody else is to point them to Jesus. Uh, this morning, I just want to say outright, like we have all come to church. Hopefully you came this morning wanting to experience God's presence, wanting to hear from God. I think a lot of times we just get into the habit and we show up and we sing and we, we hear a message and we pray and we go home and we miss the opportunity to hear from God. So I just want to say at, at the outset of this that today is about hearing from God. 
And that's what this story is all about, Eli and Samuel. So let me catch you up on what's going on in the story of Eli and Samuel. As has happened in the past few weeks, in the past few stories we've looked at, God is working in two different places, and those places and people come together and work together through mentorship to accomplish God's will. So there's two places. The first place is in Eli's life. Eli is the high priest at Shiloh. And so he's in a high position of leadership in God's kingdom. He's the high priest, the top guy there. And Eli has been the high priest for a while. He's he's getting old in age. And his sons have now come into leadership as priests. But there are problems happening. You probably saw it if you read the the story there in the scroll. The priests and the people had kind of turned and were not faithful to God. In fact, Eli's sons were taking offerings that were meant for God and using them for their own personal gain or purposes. And so they were selfish, they were corrupt, and, and we see that Eli, who is the high priest, and his sons, who have come up into leadership, that things just aren't right for the people of God. In fact, we're going to look at 1 Samuel 3 here in a minute, but in 1 Samuel 3, you'll see at the beginning it says that in these days, visions from God or the words, words from God were rare. In other words, it just seemed like God wasn't really working in these days. Now, I don't think that God takes vacations from being involved, from being apart, from leading us. I don't think God just takes time off from sharing with people. What I think is happening here is there is a level of corruption and a level of darkness over the people of God, and so their hearts are not receptive to hear God's Word. I don't know if any of you would agree with this, but I think there's a lot of that going on in our culture today. There is a lot of stuff going on, and, and I, I, it's not that God is in neutral. God is at work, but I'll bet most of you could say there have been times in your life where you felt like God wasn't speaking to you or leading you. And more than likely, in those times, it was probably that you weren't connected, you weren't open to hearing from God. So we've got Eli, high priest. His sons have come up there. They're doing the wrong things, and Eli knows it. He even confronts them and says, hey, quit doing that stuff, but he doesn't stop them from doing what's wrong. And so then in 1 Samuel chapter 2, a prophecy comes from God that says Eli's house is going to be judged for what is happening with his sons. So we got Eli, an old man in a position of leadership, who has struggled with mentorship. And then we have the other side of the story, and and that's that there's this woman named Hannah. And Hannah doesn't have any kids, but Hannah wants to have a child so badly. So Hannah prays to God and says, God, if you will give me a son, then I will dedicate that son fully to you. And so God grants that request, and Samuel is born. Samuel comes into this world as a gift from God to Hannah, and Hannah, true to her word, 
gives Samuel back to God. And so it says after um, Samuel was weaned, she took him to the temple and left him there to minister under Eli. And so we've got Eli, old man, struggled with mentorship, sons are corrupt, things are difficult, and then we've got this boy who is a gift from God and a gift back to God, and they're put together in this story. And, and so 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1, I just want to warn you, this is a really long scripture today. I want you to read it with me, and I want you to, you don't have to read it out loud, but I want you to read along with me, and I want you to follow, because this is an incredible story. So 1 Samuel chapter 3 says, the boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli, in those days, the, words, um, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, Here I am. And he ran to Eli Here I am, you called me. But Eli said, I did not call you, go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Again the Lord called Samuel, and Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. My son, Eli said, I did not call you, go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. And so a third time, in verse 8, a third time, the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. It's at this point. It says, Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. And so Eli told Samuel, Go and lie down. And if he calls you, say, Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came and stood there calling as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And then Samuel said, speak, your servant is listening. And the Lord said to Samuel, see, I am about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears about it tingle. At that time, I will carry out against Eli everything I spoke against his family from beginning to end. For I told him that I would judge his family forever because of the sin that he knew about. His sons blasphemed God, and he failed to restrain them. Therefore, I swore to the house of Eli, the guilt of Eli's house will never be atoned for by sacrifice or offering. Samuel lay down until morning and then opened the doors of the house of the Lord. He was afraid to tell Eli the vision. But Eli called him and said, and said, Samuel, my son. Samuel answered, here I am. What was it that he said to you, Eli asked? Do not hide it from me. May God deal with you, be it ever so severely, if you hide from me anything that he told you. So Samuel told him everything, hiding nothing from him. Then Eli said, just before we read this, this is incredible. Then Eli said, he is the Lord. Let him do what is good in his eyes. 
The Lord was with Samuel as he grew, and let none of Samuel's words fall to the ground. And all Israel, from Dan to Beersheba, recognized that Samuel was attested as a prophet of the Lord. The Lord continued to appear at Shiloh, and there he revealed himself to Samuel through his word. That, that was a really long story, but there is so much going on in this story. And it's an incredible story of mentorship. Remember, we're talking about Eli, the high priest who had struggled at mentoring his sons. His sons had grown up and were doing the wrong things. They were corrupt. So we have Eli and then we have Samuel, this young boy. In verse 7 it says, he did not yet know the Lord. It the Lord's word hadn't been revealed to him. And so we see this story where at night... All of a sudden, Samuel hears someone calling to him. And he gets up and he runs into Eli because who else would be calling him? And he says, here I am, what do you want? And Eli says, I didn't call you, go back to bed. Now, a few weeks ago, several weeks ago, we were on our way back from vacation um, from Florida and we stopped in Nashville at a hotel and, um, and I, I remember like Sam, Samuel, my son, had his first ever canker sore. Have any of you ever had a canker sore? Like it's a sore in your mouth, it hurts so bad. I get them sometimes and it's so painful. And all night long, Samuel was crying and crying and he would get up and do things. And I mean, I just wanna say like looking at this story, Looking at the patience that Eli shows, I don't understand it. I can't relate with it. Because the first time a kid comes into the room and says something, I'm like, okay, go back to bed. The second time, I'm about to help him go back to bed. And the third time, they're in big trouble. But, but Eli doesn't know what's, Samuel has no clue who's calling him. He thinks it's Eli. Eli has no clue what's going on. It's the middle of the night. He's an old guy. He just wants to sleep, right? But it's at the third time, Eli realizes there's something going on here. This is God speaking to Samuel. And so Eli says, hey, this is what you need to do. Go back and listen. Say, speak, Lord. So, so I want to look at the things that we learn from Eli and Samuel in this story. And that's the first thing. The most important thing is that Eli, as a mentor to Samuel, points Samuel back to God. He recognizes that God is saying something to Samuel. He doesn't hear it, but he recognizes that something's going on. And so Eli says, go back, go back and say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. And he points Samuel to God. Samuel doesn't know it's God. Eli figures out it's God and says, go back and listen. Now, Eli could have handled that in a bunch of different ways. He could have said, hey, I'm a man of God. I'm the high priest. I'll go talk to God, and then I'll come back and tell you what I find out. But he doesn't do that. He points Samuel to God. Because if God is speaking, it's important that if God is speaking to one of us, that we are listening and so this is a big moment in Samuel's life. The Lord is speaking to him, and Eli affirms that by pointing him back to God. And so not only does he point him back to God, but he says, this is how you should do it. You should go back and lay down, and when God speaks again, say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So he coaches him 
on what to say. Samuel would have had no clue how to respond to God. It said he didn't know God yet. His word hadn't been revealed to him. And so Eli takes the opportunity to point back to God and help Samuel understand how to receive God's word. What an incredible, incredible thing that Eli does here. See, visions of the Lord were rare in these days, and all of a sudden, God's speaking to Samuel, and Eli says, make sure that you listen. And so Samuel goes back, and Samuel says, speak, Lord, the servant, your servant is listening. And God begins to speak to Samuel. Listen, there's, there's a few different things that I think could be at work here in this room today. Number one, it's very possible that there are people in this room that God is trying to speak to or trying to lead, and we haven't quite grasped that it's God that's trying to get our attention. So there's some of you in here that I believe, listen, I 100% believe that God is at work in every one of our lives. I believe God wants to speak to us. I believe that God wants to lead us. Maybe not a verbal speaking, but I believe that God wants to lead each and every one of us to be the people that we're called to be. And so there may be some of you in here that would say, I don't know what's going on, and maybe it's God that's trying to speak to you. Maybe through the events in your life, maybe through something that just doesn't seem to be adding up, God may be speaking to you. But the other side of this is that there's probably several of us in here, there's a lot of us in here, who have experienced the work of God, and as we talked about last week, when we experience the work of God, we have the opportunity to point others toward God. And so Eli, this priest that had blown it, whose sons had gone the other way, Eli, who was a failed mentor, has this second opportunity, and he points Samuel back to God. The second thing that Eli does is Eli counsels Samuel through hearing God's voice. So not only does he say, go listen to God, but then he says the next day, Come and talk to me about it. Tell me what God's doing. Now, I don't believe that this is Eli trying to control what God is saying. That's not what he does here. I think what Eli is doing is what a good mentor should do. We should point to God. We should connect people to God. But then we should share with each other what God is saying. And I think this is so awesome because Samuel is a prophet of God. What does a prophet of God do? A prophet of God hears from God and then shares what God has told them. And so Samuel is in this first moment of hearing from God, and Eli says, now share what God has spoken to you. And so this is the first moment of a great prophet of God being a prophet of God. And this is tough stuff because the stuff that God revealed to Samuel is that Eli's in big trouble. His house is in trouble. And it says that Samuel was terrified. He didn't, he didn't want to share it because that's hard news. But Eli says, come tell me what God told you. And he calls him into a conversation. He shares God's word with him. As mentors, not only are we to point people to hear from God and then step out of it, we are to point people to God and then we are to walk with them every step of the way as they hear from God. 
learning what it is what God's saying. The third thing that Eli does that's so awesome is Eli encourages Samuel's obedience to God. Now, God didn't say, Samuel, do this, but Eli encourages Samuel's obedience to God. He affirms God's calling on Samuel. He affirms that God is speaking to him by accepting God's word. Think about this. Eli has blown it. His sons have messed up, and and the, the... The people of God are a mess because of the corruption, because of the failure, because of the difficulty in Eli's life. And God shows up, visions were rare, God shows up and says to Samuel, here's the word, Eli's house will be judged. Eli calls Samuel to share that. Samuel shares it, and I love it so much. Eli's response, this is the best part of this whole passage. A guy who is hearing judgment called upon himself from the person he's mentoring says, this is from God. What God says is good and right. This is incredible stuff. As a mentor, Eli not only called Samuel, not only pointed Samuel to God, he not only had Samuel share what God was telling him and doing, but he also fully accepted and fully affirmed what God was saying to Samuel. That's incredible. It's incredible to think that that God would speak and Eli, who had blown it before, had this second chance and says, listen, whatever God says is right and good. If we not only point to Jesus, if we not only walk with each other in our relationship with God, but if we are willing to accept God's word above our own, that does everything in the world. For That's when people see Jesus in us. It's not when we say, hey, we're all going to be rich. It's not when we proclaim the good stuff. It's when we accept God's work and God's word above our own situation, our own desires, our own needs. And so Eli says, listen, I get it. We've blown it. And if God says there's going to be judgment, let it be. Because God's will is more important than my will. And so we come to the end of this story. This is an incredible moment of mentorship. And the thing I love about this is Eli had blown it with his sons. I don't know if he did things wrong or if they just stepped in, but but we do know that he knew his sons were missing the mark and didn't hold them accountable. And he gets this second chance and he points to God and he affirms God's work in Samuel's life And Samuel becomes a bridge, a a prophet to God's people, a bridge from the time of the judges, a bridge from the time of disunity and pain to the time of kingship and unity. And so Eli, even though his story in the end was one of disappointment and struggle, he is faithful to point Samuel to God and is a part of what God is doing in Samuel's life and in the people of Israel. Listen, today, we're talking about mentorship, but today really what we're talking about is hearing from God and being faithful and obedient to God's word and God's will. 
And so as we get ready to respond in this moment, this is, this is what I want us to do. I know that not everybody in here is in the place of being a mentor. Not everyone would be in the Eli's place where, where you're ready to mentor someone else, but I know that God wants to speak to us today. I don't know what God wants to say. I don't know who it is that God is specifically speaking to, but I believe that God wants to speak to us today. And then there's some of you in here that I think we need to hear from God because we need to start being faithful and pointing to God. We need to start walking with each other and we need to start affirming God's word and God's will over anything else in our lives. Sometimes I think Christians are too caught up in our lives and not caught up enough in God's will and God's work. And so this is what I want us to do. I want you to stand up. And we're going to enter into a time of prayer. And, and after that prayer, we're going to sing a song about the goodness of God. The last thing we saw from Eli is he said, if it comes from God, it's good, it's right. And so this is what I want us to do. I don't want us to walk out of this place this morning without opening our hearts and minds to God. If we just come here today and we sing and we hear a sermon and we walk out, we've missed an opportunity to hear from God. And so as I pray, I want you to start praying. And as we sing together about the goodness of God, I just want you to open your heart up, whatever posture that means for you, whether it's sitting, whether it's kneeling, whether it's standing, whether your eyes are closed or open, I want you to say, speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. And more than anything else today, more than having a neat plan of mentorship, more than having it all figured out, I want us to be open and attentive to God's word because God's word today is more important than anything else that we can do. Father, we thank you that you're with us today. I thank you that you walk with us every day and even when it seems like you're not working, I believe, Lord, that you're speaking to us and you're leading us. And so, Father, today as we come together to worship you, I pray that you would speak to us. Lord, I pray that if there's somebody here that's, that you've been speaking to and they've just been missing it, I pray that each and every one of us would open our hearts and our minds and just say, speak, Lord. I pray that you would speak to us. I pray that we would be faithful, be obedient to your calling, to do whatever it is that you're speaking to us about. I pray that we would walk with you today. So Lord, we worship you in this time by opening our hearts to you. And we ask that you would speak in Jesus' name.